0: Part two of session 92. Let's continue exploring the potentiation of the mind. Let's begin. the last episode we explored the beginnings of the potentiator of the mind and that after the almost uh, routinary questions on maintenance and the contact and all the other questions that begin the session at this point and again we just dipped our toes into the waters of the potentiator of mind there were a couple of questions that were important here and it's because don started listing uh, certain uh, questions that he had or comments and we left at the third one the third question was about uh, it was very complicated because of the way that don uh, questioned and also Ra's answer was a bit intricate so but all of this is talking about how the mind gets potentiated or the matrix of mind gets potentiated. I won't recap much about this, but just um, remind you that the the correct illustration of, of all of this is the cycle of the mind, which is the archetypical mind um, as matrix potentiator. These two are the ones that we're exploring the most right now because uh, these two are very related, although of course they are part of a system, and this system is the whole cycle of the mind. So it's it's useful to see them as parts or archetypes, but it is one archetypical mind working all the time. But again it's useful to see them as parts, but just don't confuse them with independent parts that do their their work. But it's a synergy altogether. And so Um, these two are the ones that we're talking about most uh mostly right now the matrix and potentiator and that's the one that we discussed in the last uh, session so uh, we're gonna go again i won't recap much um we're gonna go into a question about the catalyst of mine actually which is the next archetype that we're going to discuss in the next session so first question that i have fresh for today is question 14, where Don says, fourth, and just remember that he was listing um, several points that he wanted comments on from Ra. He says, when the catalyst of the mind is processed by the entity, the experience of the mind results. Is this correct? Ra says, there are subtle misdirections in this simple statement having to do with the overriding qualities of the significator. It is so that catalyst yields experience. However, through free will and the faculty of imperfect memory, catalyst is most often only partially used and the experience does correspondingly skew. Um, So let's bring this to practical um, understanding or just day-to-day life everything that we, we see is an experience, right? Because as Ross says, and I think they mentioned this in the next session, everything that assaults our senses is catalyst. So everything is, produces, is producing experience, or let me put it this way, the archetype of experience is always present. However, experience is not always processed by, uh, by the significator properly. And that's what Ra is saying here, basically. Experience, and again, everything being experience, like we, it's not like we don't have experience, but the way in which we process experience, remember the archetypical mind is a structure for evolution of mind, body, and spirit. So although everything is experience, not all experience is used properly for the evolution of the being, mind, body, and spirit so uh, the the subtle misdirection that i see rob pointing here is that don is uh without fault of its own of course speaking in absolute saying that you know catalyst when it's processed yields experience so is refining more the process of no catalyst is always there experience is always there but it's not being processed all the time it's very um, uncommon, let's say. Uh, They say through free will, this is important to also know, it's not like there is a deficiency in us, like, oh, I'm incomplete, Uh, I can't process completely my, my own catalyst, that would be victimization, wouldn't it? Free will tells you that, well, the reason why I don't process catalysts and thus yield Full experience for evolution is because my free will is directed towards other things towards maybe uh, you know not not seeing clearly and just wanting to keep certain thought patterns in our in my life so that means that our free will is just deciding uh, other things over spiritual evolution which is fine so what do we do we start refining our free will And direction of will is everything. So once we direct our will in the proper direction, then of course evolution is going to ensue. That's my view anyway. So again, uh, the overriding qualities of the significator, this is an important phrasing here. Um, The overriding qualities, remember the significator is a representation of the the actor see he is the one that that archetype is the one that is making the decisions or bearing the decisions or interacting with the decisions that is the actor that is the head of the mind let's call it. So being the head is the one that is making you know all choices um, although this is why we pair the significator with the choice card 22. Because the choice is, in essence, intelligent infinity. It's pure consciousness. Uh, but pure consciousness doesn't know itself by itself. It needs to go through the lenses of uh, the mind. And this will be the archetypical mind. So the overriding qualities of the significator is well, where do I want to direct my will? And by directing its will towards specific things, then it will derive experience out of those things. It's just that that experience is not, uh, let's say, that which has been potentiated for evolution. Uh, and I, I actually see this as repeated patterns, you know, like a catalyst that is cyclical, that is just coming through and coming through. And then people say, oh, why am I suffering from the same thing over and over? Because you haven't been processing your catalyst. Thus, experience for evolution is not fully um, uh, absorbed or, as Ross says, skewed. It is skewed. Uh, the experience is thus correspondingly uh, skewed. So, again, just pointing out some uh, small reflections as to how this all works let's see what else um, they talk about here question 15 don says the dynamic process between the matrix potentiator catalyst and experience of the mind forms the nature of the mind or the significator of the mind is this correct Ra says as our previous response suggests the significator of the mind is both actor And acted upon with this exception the statement is largely correct so again i have equated the significator to the individual see i often make the distinction between uh, absolute self individual self and ego so the ego is what we see as identification with that which is flowing through my thoughts, my behaviors, my attitudes, my thought patterns. Identity with that, it's ego. And ego is prone to suffering. That's just what the nature of the ego is. Individuality, which is what I equate to the significator, is the constant changing self, which is you. You wake up as a sleeper and then you drink coffee and then you're a coffee drinker and then you talk to your partner and Uh, You become, you know, a different person there. And then you drive and you become a different... You see, you're always changing, uh, just naturally. And overall, over the whole course of your life, you're changing. So that individuality is the significator, which is going through the cycles of the mind, of the archetypical mind constantly. And so uh, that individuality that we see and that we appreciate we say, oh, this is the significator. Again, that's just my view. And that's why Ross says, in the mind, the significator is both actor and acted upon, because you are the actor of your reality. And yet again, you are the one that is being acted upon, (laughs) because everything that you do is for yourself. Everything that you experience is for yourself. And everything that you experience, of course, is for yourself um so yes with this exception the statement is largely correct and what was the statement that these four first archetypes which is matrix potentiator catalyst and experience are what the the thing that are driving the significator to change Um, remember that out of these five archetypes that i just mentioned then there is transformation transformation is another word for change Um, transmutation or yeah just uh, evolution an evolution with no particular uh, direction other than polarity that's what the significator is uh, interested in that's what propels its own evolution that's why we see that uh, catalysts experience, potentiation, they're all uh, teeming with polarity because that's the point, you know. What are you going to choose? How are you going to see this? That's the calling, the calling for choice. All right, we're moving swiftly today. I like this. Question 16, Don says, as the entity becomes consciously aware of this process, it programs this activity itself before the Incarnation. Is this correct? Ra says, this is correct. Please keep in mind that we are discussing not the archetypical mind, which is a resource available equally to each, but unevenly used, but that to which it speaks, the incarnational experience, experiential process of each mind-body-spirit complex. I am, I'm drawing a blank here because I feel that Ra also warned us in a question where Don was asking about something. I don't know if it was in the last session, might have been last session, or even this one. Um, And they said, basically, we're not talking about the the archetypical mind here. We're talking about something else. I forgot what that is, but they're doing the same here. They say, um, first of all, Don's question, this is um remember when we talked about i think that's what it was maybe it's this why do i feel so confused at this point <laughs> um i think it was am i seeing into the future now <laughs> that i saw this coming i'm pretty sure we we talked about this because it was the exact same thing it was about the incarnational um, uh, process the programming and so on but we couldn't right maybe I read this question in the last session I don't know something's going wrong with my wires right now uh, but the point is that Don is asking about um, programming of of the entity right previous to an incarnation and so remember we talked about how, yeah, this is definitely something I talked about, and it's not this. In any case, let me refresh it because it's beautiful. Remember that an entity, uh, a fully uh, new entity, yeah, this was the random catalyst that was being uh, thrown in. That was the question. When the, when the entity is uh, fashioning, catalyst for itself, then that's the programming, right? We program ourselves to have a specific catalyst. Whereas before, when we were new, there was just random catalyst, which is striking uh, naturally as it used to be when we were second density entities, until we become aware of the process of evolution. And so Don is saying here, oh, so when we become conscious of this process is when we begin to program ourselves for incarnation. Is it correct? And then Ross says, yes, this is correct. But they say, please keep in mind that we are discussing not the archetypical mind here, which is a resource available equally to each, right? The, the archetypical mind is not something that is available once you become aware of the process of evolution. The archetypical mind is available for everybody. But it is true that when we become aware of this mechanism in the mind, then, Ah, we're learning about spiritual evolution, aren't we? Uh, One way or another. So we're not discussing the archetypical mind, which is a resource available equally to each, but unevenly used, which is true. Unevenly used because some people are not aware of spiritual evolution and others are. So it's available for everybody, but it's not used for everybody equally. Uh, But that which it speaks, what we're talking about then, Not about the archetypical mind, is the incarnational experiential process of each mind body spirit complex. So, we're talking about the process of the experience that we have as incarnated beings. Yeah. And in this incarnational experience, what we have is, um, yeah, the uh, becoming aware of the process of evolution, which is seek and become one. That is the process of evolution remember who you are, so you can merge with everything else. So they keep going on this and say, We wish to make this distinction clear, for it is not the archetypes which live the incarnation, but the conscious mind-body-spirit complex, which may indeed live the incarnation without recourse to the quest for articulation of the processes of potentiation, experience, and transformation. So uh, an excellent point from Ra here, because the distinction is that, um, although we all have the archetypical mind available to all of us, the archetypical mind is not the one that is causing the evolution, right? It's not the one that is guiding the evolution, but rather it's a structure in which we as entity evolve because of the use that we give it, the attention that we give it, be the devotion actually to these processes, it will be um, utilized by each and every one of us differently. It doesn't matter how we use it, as long as we use it and we become aware of that process, so, this um, this last part, when they say that... Um, how do I put this? Each mind-body-spirit complex could live its entire incarnation without attention for the processes of the archetypical mind. This means that As we know, a lot of people live their lives without even paying attention to the process of evolution. Which doesn't mean that you have to study the archetypical mind. You don't have to become a mystic. You don't have to become anything spiritual. All you need to become is aware of those things that need uh, healing. That need healing is always in the direction of um, realizing unity. Ra actually says this in their definition of healing. They say that healing happens when deep within itself, the entity realizes the law of one. So uh, healing, Kundalini awakening, all of these things are tied into the same gravity source, which is spirit or simply intelligent infinity, attracting itself to itself. Um, through the process of incarnation or manifestation So uh, people can become aware of these processes for example I'll give you an example of my father who had um, he had a very um, conflictive relationship with his sister and he up until my mother's death he was furious with her not with my mom, with his sister, Um, and so he didn't want to talk to her and he had a a resentment against her Uh, for probably 15, 20 years, I don't even know, no, it wasn't that long, but yeah, he always had a resentment. And I remember when my mother died, he said something happened in him, see, big catalyst, he started reflecting on all his life and he realized within days, he said, one of the things that I need to mend up uh, is my relationship with her because it's wrong. And to see that in him, I just knew at that moment that something had changed. We can map this out as him realizing the catalyst at that moment, processing experience in the proper way in the sense of uh, positive, Uh, the positive path which is one of forgiveness and love and acceptance and understanding compassion and so he did Uh, i'm glad that he was able to do that and many other things before he died within the year Um, so you can see this you know you can carry over this catalyst for decades and not process it that's gnawing at you you know that's still there that's a tension that you don't want Um, but yeah, some people live their lives with resentment and they die, you know, wishing, you know, nothing else but to continue that resentment. And, you know, well, that's carryover as karma, and some alleviation needs to be done for reprogramming for the next uh, incarnation. So it's a very important point that Ra mentions here. And, you know,. Uh, It's reality, as it is. Not everybody is aware of this process of evolution, which, again, doesn't have to do with my father. didn't study the law of one. He was just, you know, um, affected by catalysts at some point, which he was so open and conscious of, you know, love and appreciation for family and loved ones. He just lost my mom, so, yeah. It was a, a beautiful way to see somebody evolve a particular part in their lives. Let's move on. Question 17, Don says, and I think he's finishing his list of questions here. He says, thank you. Then finally, as each energy center becomes activated and balanced, the transformation of the mind is called upon more and more frequently. When all of the energy centers are activated and balanced to a minimal degree, contact with intelligent infinity occurs the veil is removed and the great way of the mind is called upon is this correct ross says no this is quite a quite eloquent look at some relationships within the archetypical mind however it must be seen once again that the archetypical mind does not equal the acting incarnational mind body spirit complexes progression or evolution Uh, so Another key distinction is to not confuse the processes of the archetypical mind, the relationships between all of them and the process of, you know, contact with intelligent infinity uh, and removing of the veil and all of this. It's not the archetypical mind that is doing it. It's the entity. See? Um, so, yeah, don't confuse, you know, the the road for the car that is driving on See, yeah, the road is needed because it's leading you that way, but you need to have the impulse. It's you, the one that is driving the car and making the decisions. So, And, of course, experiencing more than anything, experiencing the journey or the road. But obviously, becoming aware of the road, uh, being a good driver is to become very aware of your surroundings, especially the road. So, um, why did I go back to Don's question? Now, this is a quite eloquent uh, at some relationships with, within the archetypical mind. Yeah. Uh, however, it is not the archetypical mind that does the acting of the incarnational mind-body-spirit complex. What else did they say? Due to the first misperception, we hesitate to speak to the second consideration. But shall attempt clarity while studying the archetypical mind, we may suggest that the student look at the great way of the mind, not as that which is attained after contact with intelligent infinity. Mm, Very important. But rather as that portion of the archetypical mind which denotes and configures the particular framework within which the mind, the body, or the spirit archetypes move. So... Here's a little hint for those who want to study the Tarot and the archetypical mind according to the law of one or according to Ra more precisely. Um, this is about the, the all the the, the, the great way, right? Particular framework with mind, yes or is the whole framework? We're talking about the whole framework of mind, body, and spirit. So um, let's go back to Don's question because that's that's where they say, we won't talk about the, the last part, which is that when all of, of the energy centers are activated and balanced, you see, all of this, um, this is the entity, this is the conscious being Realizing, right? Um, Touching, making contact with itself. Like you are not an entity, and intelligent infinity is in some other dimension, outside of you, or inside of you, even. You know, intelligent infinity is not inside of you. Intelligent infinity is everything. See? Uh, This is not different than intelligent infinity. To put it in non dual terms, awareness which seems something that uh, precedes everything and then we see experience awareness is not different than experience or mind because experience is the process of the mind so awareness and mind consciousness and mind are one and the same mind is simply the movement of awareness likewise intelligent infinity or rather intelligent energy is the movement is the kinetic portion of intelligent infinity so we see this simply as um what i see aren't you aware of what you're seeing yes if i am aware of what i'm seeing that what that is made out of is awareness there's nothing else i can't call it energy energy is a concept i can't call it matter matter is a concept the only true thing that i can say about anything in the universe is that i know it I know it through my awareness i cannot know it through somebody else's awareness i don't even know if somebody else has awareness that's my whole point right uh, without getting to solipsism <laughs> um, we all have the same awareness we all look at it and it's the same awareness that's unity so we are the ones doing all this work right and we are perceiving it how we do all of this ah, that's what the archetypical mind is and it's kind of like um, it's the, I don't want to call this structure again, but to make it more, more vivid, it's like the theme park. Yeah, you know, the theme park, is it water? Is it flying? Is it uh, just roller coasters and moving things? What is the theme? The theme is this, the 21 archetypes. That's how we experience this, uh awareness being fragmented and reconcile again fragmented and reconcile again that's the whole cycle of uh, manifestation so okay they say we hesitate didn't we yeah um we hesitate to speak to the second consideration but shall attempt some clarity While studying the archetypical mind, we may suggest that the student look at the great way of the mind, not as that which is attained after contact with intelligent infinity. Pause. Yes, great way is not achieved through contact with intelligent infinity. It is that portion of the archetypical mind which denotes and configures the particular framework within um, which Every cycle moves, right? Mind, body, and spirit archetypes move. So... Yeah, great way, then, is the one that is governing. Like, for example, in the cycle of the mind, the great way is the whole, is the result of all the other archetypes, and is it's the one that is offering the... The full change to the significator let's say um it's almost like in my example the car is the great way you see and it takes some everything it's not even the car it's also the road so the great way is everything but the significator is the one that is experiencing it so body mind and spirit are interrelated here now Let's go to the next question. We'll see how much we can cover. I'm not gonna be able to finish this session today as expected. Question 18 is our next question. Don says, turning then to my analogy, or shall we say example, of the newborn infant with the undistorted matrix. This newborn infant has its subconscious veil from the matrix. The second archetype, the potentiator of mind, is going to act at some time through, I won't say through the veil, I don't think that is a very good way of stating it, but the potentiator of mine will act to create a condition, and I will use an example of the infant touching a hot object. The hot object we could take as random catalyst. The infant can either leave its hand on the hot object or rapidly remove it. My question is, Is the potentiator of mind involved at all in this experience, and, if so, how? So, pretty good example. Ross says, The potentiator of mind and body are both involved in the questing of the infant for new perspective, or experience, actually. The mind-body-spirit complex, which is an infant, has one highly developed portion, which may be best studied by viewing the significators of mind and body. Let me finish reading this. You notice, we do not include the spirit. That portion of a mind-body-spirit complex is not reliably developed in each and every mind-body-spirit complex. Thusly, the infant's significant self, which is the harvest of biases of all previous incarnational experiences, offers to this infant biases with which to meet new experiences. Okay, we have more, but I want to pause here. How much do we have? I have one more paragraph, I have two more paragraphs. So, okay, let's uh, let's recap from the beginning. So Don wants to know a little bit more how this matrix and potentiator work in uh, raw experience. So the child touches something that is hot and it can either leave its hand on the hot object or rapidly remove it. Let's try to fit in that example with what Ra is saying. Ra is saying that both the potentiator of the mind um, and the body are involved in the questing of the infant for new experience. Um, They lift out the spirit because I don't think the spirit is fully uh, integrated here in the infant. I'm going to speculate something based on what Ross said on the spirit and that is that the spirit is actually um, something I call it self-consciousness why because second density has no self-consciousness they are developing it, yes and as I have mentioned over and over again you can see this with your pets your pets have a sort of identity you see they kind of address themselves as, I exist. So they're developing that uh, self-identity, self-awareness. We encourage that by giving them attention and love. So with this in mind, the spirit starts to come as self-awareness. The child does not have full self-awareness. It grows into it. So the mind or the brain, we say the brain develops, once the brain develops to a certain extent, which is roughly, I would say, the early years, four years, maybe seven years of the child's life, then the brain is fully formed and now is uh, rapidly developing self-identity. So that's why I say that the spirit, I think that the spirit is not here, uh, but also, they also say that is not reliably developed in each and every mind-body-spirit complex. I have a further speculation there, but I'll get to that. Now, okay, so the mind-body-spirit complex, that is the infant, has one highly developed portion which may be best studied by viewing the significators of mind and body. Okay, so even if this is a newly, Uh, graduated second-density entity into third-density, right? because we can have a baby which is a wanderer, and then we can have a baby which is just graduated from being a cat, uh, or a pork, or whatever other pet we may have. Yes, people have porks as pets, and they're very intelligent. That's why some traditions don't eat pork. They can see how it's like we don't eat dogs. Well, (laughs) some people do. Um, but that, let's not get to that. The thing is that um, they, they can graduate into third density and so are fresh third density entities. Both babies actually act pretty much the same. Um, big differences, yes, it's true, but at, at a foundational level, they're both the same. And the thing is that what acts different is the significator because they have different significators. Whereas the wanderer has a uh, highly developed spiritual significator, let's say, uh, the new one doesn't. However, the significator is still biased by you know its previous lives. It had many, many inertias or karma, you might say, um, granted by prior catalysts in other lives. And so it acts in that way. That's what Ron is pointing out here. In the next, I don't know why I'm going back to the paragraphs, uh, but okay, they say we do not include the spirit. I talked about that already. Uh, And I'll just finish my speculation here, yes. So my speculation here is that uh, it's not only that the babies don't have fully developed self-consciousness, but a lot of people don't care about self-awareness as being of course the driver for spiritual evolution self-awareness become aware of yourself and so they go back to the significance uh the significator of the the infant and they denote that it is the harvest of biases of all previous incarnational experiences and this offers biases with which the infant is going to meet new experience. So, in more general words, the conditioned mind from previous incarnations is going to uh, drive, basically, the way in which we meet experience. All of us have different biases um, accumulated in our significator, the significator being that which collects everything and has a direction you know it's like I said the individual self that individuality is very much informed by the significator the significator is always looking to change the significator doesn't want to be the self the same thing the same self he wants to change that's why it seeks experience so um, and remember that the significator is awareness um it's it's a filtered awareness yes but it still is awareness is what i'm trying to point at or intelligent infinity the creator god whatever you call it all right what else do they say however the portion of the infant which may be articulated by the matrix of the mind is indeed unfed by experience and has the bias of reaching for this experience through free will just as intelligent energy in the kinetic phase, through free will, creates the logos. So um, (laughs) heavy stuff here. Um, But in clear terms, although there are um, biases already created in the significator of the baby or the infant, the portion of the infant, which is the matrix of the mind, basically uh, blank, okay? You may have had 50 incarnational experiences in which all of them, you touch a hot object. (laughs) Pretty sure we all did. Uh, These things we need to re-learn again. Everybody who has children, uh, pay attention to this. If you want my advice and my my view on all of this especially dealing with children here is where we can see our job as parents um, on a basic level which i think is one gets extrapolated and deviates so much in the raising of a child we often in spirituality say leave your kid alone he or she has their own intelligence they know what they're going to do they're more intelligent and wise than us that is true however obviously we argue and say what about you know if he's going to stick a fork in an outlet you know does he know that no that's where we come in and say don't do this you know don't ask <laughs> just don't ask you, you don't do that you know um, they may not, you know, and even eventually as older children, they might say, you know what, I'm going to experience that. I don't even know why. They get electrocuted, <laughs> hopefully not fatal, uh, but they'll learn. And if it's fatal, well, I guess, you know, <laughs> next incarnation, they won't do it. Uh, I'm not making a light joke of this. Please don't get mad at me. <laughs> I feel that there's so much sensitivity la- lately. Um, but I'm looking at it at the cosmic, you know, at the cosmic level. I can joke about the whole creation from the cosmic level can i Uh, (laughs) but yeah okay so what do we do with children we teach them these things we say don't do this you know don't do that eventually they'll have to do their own thing you know and that's out of our hands but at least we do that i think it gets out of hand when we start governing them and saying no you can't become this because uh my previous biases say that Uh, A doctor is not a good idea, or, you know, uh, an artist is not a good idea, or, you know, dating that girl, you know, or whatever it is. That's where we get carried over, or, you know, you gotta sleep at this time, and you gotta study this, and you gotta do that, and you gotta do that, because I know better than you. No, the fact that you know that hot objects burn you (laughs) does not give you uh, any sort of authority over their own expression and what they want to do. So those are the biases that are already there in the significator of each and every one of us. And so what we want to do as parents is promote that and say, what do you want to do? You know, I want to do this. and The only thing you can do is provide your experience and opinions about it, um, depending on whatever uh, limited knowledge you may have, that's all we can do they will decide what to do based on uh, their desires so just to find finalize this uh, piece of advice allow love to inform anything that you want to teach your child that's the best way i can put it okay so um where were we The matrix of the mind is indeed unfed by experience, right? That's the baby, doesn't know anything, or the child. uh, is unfed, it needs to grasp. um, And then it gets burned. (laughs) And then uh, it has the bias of reaching for this experience through free will. Yeah, it just wants to do it, and it'll do it. Just as intelligent energy in the kinetic phase... So this goes into the creation. I don't know why they tied in... (laughs) <laughs> to this <laughs> we went from a child touching a hot object to the, the nature of creation I don't know how long I want to spend refreshing this ah, let's do it why not this is something so beautiful that we can uh, repicture it every time we can so intelligent energy in the kinetic phase through free will creates the logos uh, well what is creation Pure awareness or intelligent infinity uh, develops free will. Free will uh, moves into love and love creates light. Light is intelligent energy. That's what I would say. You know, it's, it's the product of free will upon love. That's light. And so free will upon love creates light love or love light, which is intelligent energy. And that intelligent energy that light creates the logos that is the one we can call it the one big logos the one grand central sun or we can call it sub sub logos or sub 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 logos as rai is going to say eventually in this session confusing the hell out of us um but yeah speaking of sub sub logos uh, yeah why i think it's the innocence here The the innocence that wants experience. Tie this in with the the infant. I think this is what Ra's meant, uh, it's meaning to say here, or at least that's what my interpretation is. The innocence of the child wanting to reach for experience is the same as the innocence of free will of intelligent infinity um, as intelligent energy, which is its kinetic phase, through free will creates the logos why would it create the logos because it wants experience but all right let's finish this question or answer with Ra. they say this sub sub logos then or that portion of the mind body spirit complex which may be articulated by consideration of the potentiators of mind and body through free will chooses to make alterations in its experiential continuum The results of these experiments in novelty are then recorded in the portion of the mind and body articulated by the matrices thereof. There's a lot to study here, actually, because we're talking about uh, recording of experience by the matrices, not only of mind, but of body itself too. But let's go to the beginning. This sub-sub-Logos then, or that portion of the mind-body-spirit complex, which may be articulated by consideration of the potentiators of mind and body. So I think it's interesting that they call sub-sub-Logos the potentiators of mind and body. right? Because they're saying that also, as the sub-sub-Logos, they say, could be the portion of the mind-body-spirit complex, which may be articulated by consideration of the potentiators of mind and body. Hmm. Well, Through free will, this sub sub chooses to make alterations in its experiential continuum. The results of these experiments in novelty are then recorded in the portion of the mind and body articulated by the matrices thereof. So I think this is the instinctual, um, or even samskaras that we develop in Buddhism. Samskaras or mental formations. Uh, um, These—it's not thought patterns, but just identification would form. That's what's resulting here. Um, These can be helpful, or then they can be uh, problematic. You know. But I associate this with that because that's what we record as, you know, identifying mentally things and saying I have a a sort of reaction towards this uh, identification of patterns. So, yeah, that's what's recorded in the matrices of the body and the mind. That's not what the significator is recording, of course. That's not it's just simply what the matrix is changing say so i'll give you an example of this if i have an experience of um a pleasant experience with trees right as a child that every time i see trees that recording of the matrix of pleasant with trees then it's great you know i love them and i feel great around them. However, if I had the opposite, an unpleasant experience with trees over and over again, then I will record that in my matrix and that will inform me as terrifying. Trees are terrifying to me for some reason. Um, So these are what are recorded in uh, the matrices of body and, of course, mind. The body could be anything, you know, an experience with uh, texture, or sounds, or tastes, whatever it may be, then you will have that recorded in your body. Ugh, disgust, or ugh, aversion, and so on. So, these um, this is just happening. I'm, we're not saying this is good or bad, this is just what's happening. Uh, and it needs to be pondered by the entity. I'm gonna cover a couple more questions, and we'll finish. Question 19, Don says, are all activities that the entity has as it experiences things from the state of infancy, a function of the potentiator of mind? Um, Well, Ross says, firstly, although the functions of the mind are indeed paramount over those of the body, the body being the creature of the mind, certainly not all actions of a mind-body-spirit complex could be seen to be due to the potentiating qualities of the mind complex alone as the body and in some cases the spirit also potentiates action so important thing to know that um, so mind is there's a reason why we don't call it the archetypical body right or the archetypical spirit it's the archetypical mind because the mind as i have said from my point of view is of course the one that is creating the body. It's right here in this paragraph as Ra repeats again. It's probably the third time they say it in this material. They say the body being the creature of the mind. The body is the creature of the mind. Well, obviously, I know that my mind precedes the body. I Everything that I sense, I perceive it in my mind, right? But not everything that I think, I perceive it in my body. Isn't that odd? Of course, because the mind precedes the body. And yet, the mind can only experience itself through a body. So, in non-duality, we call it the body-mind structure, or we can call it the mind-body complex. However, the spirit, of course, is also a player here, and uh, both the spirit and the body. The body may potentiate some action, and the spirit also. So, Mostly is the mind seeking experience, it's true, and we seek experience through action, uh, but the body may also want to do that. I would feel that the body has its own tendencies, and this would be uh, the physical needs. So, you know, we need to satisfy these physical needs because we, we can't avoid them. Uh, it's interesting that Ra includes a sexual activity here, and the reason why, in Buddhism, for example, this is not included as far as I know or at least not in um, traditional Buddhism, is because it's associated with desire. And so there is a little... there's a distinction there. We need to satisfy the need for whatever comes. As long as we're doing it consciously, then we can evolve that into something spiritual, which I think is what Buddhism is, in a sense, sometimes trying to um, refrain from. But that's a long discussion. The point is that I think the body does potentiate action and the spirit as well as long as we open that channel which is the spirit. And in essence this is what I would call uh faith. Right? Faith I think is so related to the spirit because faith is the desire for divinity to do its work through me, right? That's what I think at least and so When we open ourselves to that, then spirit is potentiating action. Um, It may not be what we do all the time, but it's certainly part of our archetypical structure. Next, Ross says, secondly, as a mind-body-spirit complex becomes aware of the process of spiritual evolution, more and more of the activities of the mind and body which precipitate activity are caused by those portions of the mind-body-spirit complex which are articulated by the archetypes of transformation." Uh, so, the archetypes of transformation, this being all the transformation archetypes, um, which, interestingly, in the Tarot is the lovers, which I, the transformation here, the way I understand it, this is the mind. The lovers are the transformation uh, card of the, what do you call it, of the mind, right? Making sure that I got it right. (laughs) Uh, I may mess it up. No, so yeah, transformation is known as the lovers. And in my very limited interpretation, the lovers, um, if you see the card, they are... uh, the male needs to decide which way it goes, through positive or negative, and that has to do with uh, courting the female or prostituting it. Once again, probably unnecessary, but why not? I'm not talking about a physical, biological male here, but uh, even women, um, heterosexual women, just to cover all my bases, they have this archetype. And they we're talking about male and female principles within the mind. Are you going to prostitute the female side of you, which is not physical prostitution, but your mind, your female uh, energy in your mind, are you going to prostitute it? Or are you going to court it? You know, Are you gonna have a loving relationship or a dominating relationship? I, I own you type of relationship, uh, negative and positive. So it's interesting that that's the transformation archetype of the mind. And this is what's guiding now the actions, you see? So my mental actions have to do more and more with courting reality, okay? Let's say you are the active principle and reality is the passive principle. How are you going to react to reality? Are you going to love it, to court it, to... Uh, Let me see you, you know, that's why I I love the lovers, you know. That's, in my whole life, I've been uh, sort of romantic too, you know, and uh, flirting or courting a woman for me was always one of the most fascinating games I could play, you know, and it was obviously not very good when the person or the girl wasn't interested in me. But also it wasn't fun when she was totally into me there's no game there's no playing you know so you want a little resistance you know you want to play that you want to um you know you want to know that is winking you know stop it you know that kind of thing (laughs) it's beautiful uh but how do you do it you know you do it through love you know and satisfying her you know what do you want you know how do you want to play this game not Just saying, you know, uh, I'm just going to have sex with you. That's it. That's what the negative sign would do. Um, So, all right. That's a transformation of mind. But it's also the transformation of body death. I think it's what is. I don't know. I may be wrong there. But I see a skeleton. So, uh, death of the body is transformation. Well, we can interpret that in many ways. But... You're also, um, you're also transforming yourself in in the sense that constantly, your, your body's constantly dying. We can even see it at that microscopic level. So how do you intend to use your body? How do you see your body? If I saw my body as just limited and now I see it as uh, part of the whole and the more I move in that direction, that positive direction of, Uh, becoming the universe my body is the universe then maybe there is a sort of death there that death and transformation and the spirit I think is resurrection or the sarcophagus isn't it let me see I think it is the sarcophagus right where there is some sort of resurrection there Uh, so again another way to talk about transformation so all of these in mind body and spirit are guiding our um, our actions. But this is as you become aware of the process of spiritual evolution, which is something that not many people are aware of. If you're watching or listening this, of course you are. So congratulations to all of us. Yay for us. Um, all we need to do is just continue to allow this transformation to inform our actions and our reality. Let's take a quick look at the questions. Um, where are we? Question 20. It's question 20 long. Um, yes, let's cover the last one and then we'll move in the next episode um, to studying the card. I think this is perfect. Beautiful. All right, where are you? There you are, let's move. So last question for today. Question 20, Don says, the matrix of the mind is depicted seemingly as male on the card and the potentiator as female. Could Ross state why this is and how this affects these two archetypes? Ross says, firstly, as we have said, the matrix of the mind is attracted to the biological male and the potentiator of the mind to the biological female. Thusly, in energy transfer, the female is able to potentiate that which may be within the conscious mind of the male so that it may feel inspirited. In a more general sense, that which reaches may be seen as a male principle. That which awaits the reaching may be seen as a female principle. The richness of the male and female system of polarity is interesting and we would not comment further but suggest consideration by the student. So nice way to finish this episode because I just talked about male and female principles being in the mind. And in the past, I I, I think I need to refine a little bit what I have said, which is that um, the matrix of the mind had nothing to do, although it's true, of course, we all have a matrix of mind. So, biological male and females, right? A woman and a man have um, matrices, matrices, which are the same in essence, right? It's the same archetypical structure, the same archetype. Um, however, biologically, we are different. The thing is that it seems, as Ross says, that the matrix of the mind is attracted to the biological male. So, for example, me as a male, um, I am attracted, or the matrix of the mind is attracted to me, both things, right, and the potentiator of the mind to the biological female. This is why the transfer the transfer of energy um, of the female is able to potentiate that which may be within the conscious mind of the male so that, that it may feel inspirited. Hmm. This, <laughs> as Ross said at the end, I would leave for further consideration of you, um, because this is the, the controversy or dilemma that has been around for a while already because of hom- homosexuality, right? is it only possible then to transfer energy um well they're not saying sexual energy here so you see energy transfer can happen between female and male as a principle not as biological and yet there is it is true that the matrix of the mind is attracted to the biological male and the potentiator to the mind of the biological female so again I don't want to enter that state. (laughs) I don't think there's much to discuss there that is uh, fruitful. Um, So I will just ignore it (laughs) for now. Uh, But yeah, careful consideration by all of you on how to interpret this. And um, Ross says that in a more general sense, that which reaches may be seen as a male principle, sure. Uh, And that which awaits the reaching may be seen as the female principle. That seems very clear. It has nothing to do with biological genders. The richness of the male and female system of polarity is interesting. And so, in essence, you figure it out. (laughs) You contemplate that. That's what Ra is saying. Conclusions. So a lot of technical stuff in this episode. We have a lot more to cover, which is going to be more of the um, figuring out the, the elements in the card. This might go into four parts, we'll see. But what do we have as conclusions? There is beauty in seeing how the matrix and the potentiator work. Speaking of male and female principles here, because the matrix is that which is, you know, we are conscious. We are, the matrix becomes conscious because we, I'm talking about us, the creator, is looking at the matrix. Never forget that. Don't think that you, oh, I'm lost in the matrix. I, I don't have consciousness. You are consciousness. And so what you see in the matrix, right? That's what the archetype is. What you're seeing in the matrix is always informed by the potentiator. So what is it that the potentiator is informing you? And what are you going to decide with what you're seeing? That gets into the significator, of course, because the significator is the one that is actively with the pairing of the choice, which is the, um, the wild card. <laughs> that's the wild card, literally. Uh, and that's why, of course, we have it as the fool in the um, in the deck of cards. And not not the tarot, but also uh, it's the wild card in the traditional cards. I don't know what they're what they're called what they're called. So okay, seeing the beauty between that matrix which is what we're seeing in the potentiator, the matrix is what's going to uh, reach out for more experience. right? That's the one that is always looking for experience, along with the significator. And so the potentiator is that which informs you know, the matrix for further experience and catalyst going through. All of this is a beautiful way to see, uh, of those fives, let's not talk about transformation yet, but the, those five, significator, which is the individual you, perceiving everything through a matrix informed by the potentiator, which results in experience that gives catalysts and catalysts which informs the whole system to provide a more informed experience and the significator always choosing with the choice, uh, the card, the choice, then you can see this whole dynamic, always processing, always uh, gobbling up experience in your life in your activities Uh, as Ra said it's not always the mind but the spirit and the body that promote this activity not always but they do sometimes and it's also important to keep that in mind with that said i have nothing else to share today but to remind you that we have more questions probably like 14 more questions to cover Like I said, I might cover it in a last or two more parts to finish this session. Thank you so much, as always, for listening and watching. As I've been saying, if you appreciate what I do, go check out my Patreon and you can support me there. I would appreciate it, much appreciated as always, any support. Even liking, sharing, subscribing, the whole nine that is usual for YouTube and the algorithm. With that being said, I wish you a very, very fantastic day or night, whatever you are. And I'll see you in part three of session 92.